lovelies. I know we always discuss all things questionable, odd, and eerie, but this topic may get a little too intense for some of our listeners. So, listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome. We are the Ladies of Strange. I'm Ashley. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Rebecca. Thank you for joining us each week as we discuss the history, mystery, and theory of all things questionable, odd, and eerie. Hey, friends. Hi, friends. Hi. So I'm super excited. Get um, back. Hmm? Back again. Ernie's back. Hello, friend. Woohoo, everybody. My daddy's here. Howdy, howdy. Large male Tiffany is back. Mm-hmm. Back to talk about the Wunderwaffe. Oh, you yeah. got it. Wunder He's here. Uh, boy. Deep dive into the Wunderwaffe. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Did I tell you how nice it smells in here? In <laughs> the Wunderwaffe? Wunderwaffe room. <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. Yes. Who is it? Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow that's selling the candles? Yes. 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 The Wunderwaffe <laughs> candles. It smells amazing. We bought one. I, <laughs> I can't. I just can't. Make oh. showers interesting. With a candle? Well, the smell of the candle. Ah. Oh, well, cold showers. Anywho, so guys, <laughs> we are not going to be talking about Wunderwaffe's or... I'm well, certain we will again at some point. It will point. probably come mm-hmm. up again. <laughs> uh, that's what he said. <laughs> I'm so glad he's back. Okay. So I covered previously the toxic lady, which was an unsolved medical weird thing. And then fatal familia insomnia, which was a weird medical thing. So we are going to cover yet another weird medical thing today. Huzzah. Weird science. So you have Google ready. Actually, I don't have Google ready, and there are some words in here I can't pronounce. I made her do her homework today. Yeah. We actually went over my notes before you guys got here, and he helped me pronounce some big words that I'm going to mess up. Thanks, Dad. Yeah. Could, could you help her every week? And <laughs> Can y'all just have a Skype call? I've tried call? doing that for like- 31 what? years? No, it was only 18 before I kicked you out. So yeah, 18 years, it didn't work. So now I'm not starting again. Well, there is one word in here that I was like, man, I say this word a lot. And he goes, why don't you throw this in there? I'm like, yeah, they're going to know that's not my word. So <laughs> keep an ear out. <laughs> All right. See if we can guess which one it is. So today's format is a little different. This weird medical oddity involves my dad. Hence, the Wunderwaffe King being back. Ooh. The Wunderwaffe King, the medical oddity himself, yes. is back. Ernest Lawrence. So welcome. We are going to do more of a discussion style. So I have something written out and I'm going to go through my whole spiel. But a large portion of this is going to be my dad talking about his experience and us asking him a bunch of questions. So I'm going to go ahead and dive into my spiel and then just feel free to interject whenever you want. Because we've never done that before. Thanks for the permission. (laughs) You have express written permission. I wrote it down. We have consent now. Exactly. Consent is key. February 2nd, 2019. While driving through Louisiana on the way to my grandmother's house, I looked over and noticed that my dad's hand was curled up in an unusual manner. My papaw, his father, had a series of strokes when I was really young. So my whole life, I had seen papaw's hand curled up like that. So my heart kind of sank. But I, I didn't really say anything. But I noticed him like trying to casually rake his hand down his leg in hopes of straightening out his fingers. And I asked him if he was okay. And being the man he said he is, he said, yeah, I've just got a hand cramp. Nothing to worry about. 
Of course, I was worried about him, but there isn't much between my grandparents' houses except cotton fields, an occasional Walmart, and a bunch of jacked up pickup trucks. And real nice potholes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I had to throw that holes in there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But there is one ER. So as I'm watching him, I notice um, he's got tears in his eyes and he's got this strained look on his face. And I did not have tears in my eyes. <laughs> no, they were completely down no, his face at that not point. Not a chance. So, Stray eyelash. That's all it right. was. My dad the is... The window was down. <laughs> my dad is a very tough man, but like we cry watching movies together and you show him a good commercial, he'll tear up like I do. The notebook. Exactly. But like when it comes to things affecting him, he's very tough. So when I saw him crying, I got kind of concerned. I wasn't crying. Exactly. So I look at him and I don't notice tears in his eyes and a strained look on his face. Eyeballs leaking. Yes. But I also noticed the ER in the distance. So casually, as to not alarm my 10-year-old brother in the back seat, ask him if we need to stop. And he says, I'm fine. Please stop. So... Half an hour later, we make it to my grandma's house, and dad goes immediately into the back bathroom. I frantically call my mom, who would stay home for work, and ask her to call him and talk some sense into him. By this point, half of his face was experiencing paralysis, and his speech was slurred, and we had FaceTimed my mom, because he was talking to her, and she was like, he kept telling her, I'm fine, I'm fine, it's okay. And I said, no, mom, FaceTime him. And we're talking, and like she's going, smile. And he can only smile with half his face. And he's got this slurred speech. So she finally convinces him to go to the ER. So my grandma watches Adeline and my brother and we run off. As we're going to the ER, we're both cracking jokes as we do to cope with stress and fear. And we were avoiding talking about the fact that my relatively healthy 50-year-old father was having a stroke in front of me. I remember telling you, or I remember he told me to slow down and I told him, hell no. And he quickly reprimanded me for cursing. (laughs) We some church going people. (laughs) But that was, that normalcy was our comfort in that moment. We went to the ER and they ended up having to fly him out to a different hospital. So I went back, checked on the kids and then drove down. Well, my mom ended up flying in from Georgia and spent the next two days at the hospital with him while I hung out with the kiddos. The doctors didn't believe he had had a stroke, but they couldn't tell us what happened. The best they could offer was complex migraines. After arriving home, his symptoms began to evolve. He would get debilitating migraines, partial paralysis, seizures, slurred speech, word loss. At one point, my mom said he was like trying to say something and couldn't get the words out, so he ended up texting her, words not right in head. So with all of that, hemoplegic migraines became the front runner for possible diagnosis. There's a lot to that, but essentially it boils down to migraines that cause stroke-like symptoms. My dad was unable to work as paralysis, migraines, confusion, randomly collapsing. Those were the new normal for our family. Then the scary stuff hit. All of this started February 2nd. In April, my mom was woken up by my dad informing her that she needed to get up or she'd be late for work. When she was awake enough to focus, she saw him dressed in slacks, buttoned up in a tie, getting ready to walk out the door. She asked him, what are you doing? And he said, I'm leaving for work. He had to get there early because he had a sales meeting to get to. This threw my mom for a loop. And they talked for a while and she finally asked him, like, Ernie, what day is it? He said, October 18th. He had lost six months of memory. He didn't remember being let go. He didn't remember getting sick. He didn't remember his mom moving out to Georgia to help care for him. He didn't remember my daughter's first birthday. It was a really tough time. But I brought Adeline over to their house that day. And when he saw her, he started crying and kept saying, she's so big. And at that point, she had not started walking yet, but she was like trying to. So he got to see her do that. And it was really cool. We're going to skip ahead to September 1st. And I remember the day because that's your birthday. 
and we were all hanging out watching TV and he found this Netflix show called Diagnosis. Well, episode three followed a gentleman who had a lot of the same symptoms as my dad. And I remember having a really hard time watching it because it was like looking at my dad up on that screen. And I can tell watching you that you are having a really hard time with it as well. So real quick, I'm going to tell you about that episode and not hit my microphone. Punch my microphone. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm going to need you to hold it together. You're going to make me not hold it together. I'm holding it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I don't Been see. Been holding it for years. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. All right. Back on track. Ah. So the show Diagnosis is based on a New York Times article entitled Diagnosis. The doctor would post about rare cases with no etiology. That's the word. (laughs) (laughs) You blew your own cover. I tried so hard not to. How are we supposed to guess? (laughs) (laughs) Today, Junior. (laughs) That is my Yosemite Sam. (laughs) Hey, Dad, what's this word? I don't know. Etymology? E-T-I-O-L-O-G-Y? Etymology? No M. Etymology? E-T-I-O-L-O-G-Y? Yeah. I was trying not to say diagnosis over and over again, but the doctor would post about rare cases with no diagnosis, and people would (laughs) read... diagnosis diagnosis like six times in a row. I was like, use this word. That's the name of the show. Where did you come up with that word? He's smart. Remember, I was a I was a I was a medic. And the military. Yep. Um, so they'd post about these rare cases and people would reach out with their ideas of what it could be. So like if you were having trouble, you were stumped by a case, why not crowdsource it? Fair. Right? Yeah. And you were talking crap about the internet earlier. No, no. <laughs> Gets on Twitter. It's, Is this weird? It's just a starts poll. <laughs> hey Twitter, check out this picture of my feet and tell me Sick. what's wrong. Or send me 10 bucks. <laughs> if everybody had sent me a dollar, right? I could figure out what's wrong. Right. I'm broke. <laughs> so in this episode, we follow Willie, who is a 46-year-old Army veteran who is experiencing seizures, memory loss, hearing loss, and erratic mood swings. When this was filmed, he had been experiencing these things for about two years, and they guessed he was at about 70% memory loss. He went through two spinal taps, a bunch of lab work, MRIs, which showed brain lesions at the base of his brain and white mist stemming from it, two brain biopsies, which showed unspecified brain inflammation. A year and a few months before he hit retirement, he was let go because he could no longer perform his job functions. He put in for disability and got denied. He didn't have health insurance because he didn't have a job and had all of these things. So when this article posted, they got more diagnoses than you could imagine. And it was very overwhelming. But they eventually narrowed it down to Gulf Wars. Uh, they call it Gulf War illness. It is also known as Gulf War syndrome, which is what my dad, we believe my dad has. Yeah, they um, the diagnosis for it, the civilian community recognizes that. The Veterans Department does not. So they've had tons and tons, over a dozen studies just with the National Institute of Health. Bunch of colleges. With, yeah, bunch of colleges, uh, medical colleges. And they all recognize it as an issue, but the VA has yet to recognize it. The One of the reasons for that is whenever you're with the VA, they can only look at one symptom at a time. So like the diabetes, they don't contribute to diabetes and another problem together. So high blood pressure, high cholesterol, memory loss, all of those are separate. So they don't look at a total picture. They only look at one thing one. at a time. Hmm. So it's hard to... You know, come up with Gulf War syndrome when you can't look at all that right. at once. 
But before we go into what exactly Gulf War illness or syndrome is, we need to do a brief Gulf War history. And I say brief, I mean very brief. I'm going to take, it's actually a very brief war, <laughs> but I'm going to make it like super, super, super brief. And is that like tidy whities Yes. <laughs> the super more of briefs. a thong. <laughs> yeah. oh, no. True. Yes. Yes. I'm doing G-string version. Banana hammock war. <laughs> <laughs> So the Persian Gulf War, as it is known, started on my second birthday, August 2nd, 1990, and ended February 28th, 1991. It was a six-month, three-week, five-day war. Iraq invaded and occupied Kuwait on August 2nd. Neighboring countries reached out and asked for help, which is what the U.S. officially deems the start of Operation Desert Shield. UN gave Iraq until January 15th of 91 to get out of Kuwait, but when that didn't happen, Operation Desert Storm began January 17th. Coalition forces began... Uh, correction. Wasn't the UN that gave them the January 15th? It was the United States. Really? They gave them January 15th deadline. Did not know? Thank you, sir. Well, now you know. That's when we need the more you know. You know. <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 do. Insert tinkling music. <laughs> <laughs> So coalition forces began bombing Iraq in a five-week air campaign followed by a five-day ground operation resulting in Kuwait's liberation. The coalition forces, the ones I found, and there were some sources that said there were even more, but there were American, British, Canadian, Saudi Arabian, Egyptian, Syrian, Moroccan, French, and Qatari soldiers, at least somewhere within this, depending on how long they were there or how many, I'm not sure. But there were 700,000 U.S. soldiers who participated in this. Now, everything I'm going to tell you about is based off of the U.S. soldiers and veterans, but all nationalities that were present during this had exposure to this, so could be facing the same thing, but most of the research on it is U.S.-based, so that's why we're going to focus on the U.S. Iraq used chemical warfare against Iran before the Gulf War, so there was a concern that they would do that against the coalition, and that explicitly goes against the Geneva Convention, but... They'd also used it against their own civilians. Yes. Who's to say they weren't going to use it against the people? Other people. Yeah. Side note, whenever I hear Geneva Convention, I think of your sister. Oh, I Same. think of the Princess Bride. <laughs> well, my sister's <laughs> name is Geneva. Oh. So to help protect our soldiers, the deployed forces were given a counteractant to the potential nerve gas called, hold on, let me look up that big word. Say PB. PB. I'm going to attempt it just for peanut, funsies. Peanut butter. Yep. <laughs> Peanut butter jelly time. Peanut butter jelly time. Peanut butter jelly. Peanut butter jelly with a baseball bat. Pyrotostigmine bromide pills. Wow. That you can pronounce. But you can't say diagnosis. I can say <laughs> diagnosis. Ideology. Ideology, I couldn't say. What did you call me? <laughs> <laughs> so Iraq ended up not using chemical warfare against <clears throat> the coalition. Well, it, it's not confirmed that they did. For those in the United States and the other coalition troops that weren't there, mm -hmm. they didn't use it. But the ones that were there, no, they used it. Oh, yeah. That's right. We're going to get back to that. Okay. I forgot about that. <laughs> An Iraqi ammunition storage facility stretching 15 and a half square miles was completely annihilated, like bombed and explosions. There are mushroom clouds going up. And you remember that Iraqi used chemical warfare against Iran? Iraqi? Iran. Iraqi. <laughs> used it against Iran. Well, the facility that was bombed housed all of that warfare. Oh, lovely. Oh, uh, no. So mustard gas, sarin gas, nerve gas. So just all of the... Uh, botulism. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's good. good. Yeah, good stuff. And BD. Yeah. And, and but, but BD. So anthrax, like yeah. the uh, Iraqi CDC. Exactly. Uh, 
You explode. <laughs> you okay, Rebecca? <laughs> but there were Sorry. no weapons of mass destruction none, over there. None, none whatsoever. The, or, or zombies. Just right. don't yeah. look at this building. Yeah, exactly. Don't look at this 15 and a half square mile area. Destruction. Um, when you explode it, an obscene amount of chemicals were released into the air. Hmm. Who'da thunk it? Who'da thunk it? You also had Iraq setting fire to Kuwait's oil fields because a big reason that this all started was because Iraq said Kuwait was stealing their oil. Whether or not they were, I couldn't get into because I didn't have time because I do my notes super late. But here we go. So they were setting... going banana hammock version. <laughs> exactly. So. They were setting fire to Kuwait's oil fields, which definitely did not release any terrible toxins into the air whatsoever. Nope, never. Also, there were new tanks being used called M1s and the ammunition within those tanks included depleted uranium. So yeah. oh. the shells, yes. the shells that they fired had depleted uranium in it. Radiation exposure for yeah, the win. It was just a little bit. <laughs> just the tip. Yeah. You ever watch <laughs> the Simpsons? <laughs> you ever watch the Simpsons whenever the guy's leaving the nuclear plant, he drops a little green thing in his right. pants? That's the depleted uranium we're talking about. Oh, okay. Just that little time. thing that's lost in his pants. It's tiny. Uh, how many <laughs> times have I heard that? <laughs> there is that is. what we're going to start prison? calling it now? <laughs> Looks like you got a little uh, depleted Depleted uranium uranium. there. It's no longer whiskey dick. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Glad we can officially change that name. Voodoo waffles and depleted uranium. (laughs) DUs. All right. Well, obviously, if you haven't picked up on this from our conversation, like Willie, my dad served in Gulf War. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I am not like Willie. didn't even pick up on that how did i miss the name and the na, 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 na. okay hmm. <laughs> i'm so ow she is so swift Shoot. i'm sorry so swift. i'm not used to there being a mic arm there and it and my elbow just became real good friends <laughs> Fine. so let me tell you what i know about your stint in the gulf war and then you can tell us about your stint in the gulf war okay so it started on my birthday august 2nd 1990 he was deployed august 21st which i was told there were multiple within that 19 day time frame there were multiple times where they said pack your bags get on the bus we're going you say goodbye to all your family kisses cry everything oh wait never mind just kidding go home multiple times okay Uh, yeah we actually made it on the plane one time they taxied us out onto the runway and we sat there for about two hours and everybody had already gotten over the crying the boohooing and all that for those of the weak ones that cried oh my gosh Um, <laughs> so then they came over the intercom and said, "Okay, we're going to go back to the hangar." We got back to the hangar. They said, "Okay, just kidding. We're you can go back home. You can go home now." Yeah. Thanks for your so service. Everybody had to call their wives and say, "Okay, come pick us up." Look, they were just trying to toughen you up, make yeah. sure you were ready emotionally. Yeah, exactly. Ugh, those poor wives. Ah, oh, they got over it. <laughs> yeah, think like this was before cell phones. They probably got home, got the kids situated, got that call, and they're like, "Damn it, we're going back to the airport." <laughs> yep. <laughs> I thought you were gone. <laughs> so before this, you spent six months in Japan and the Philippines and Vietnam, or not Vietnam. Not Vietnam. No, no, Vietnam. Korea. Korea. Guam. Yes. Yeah. And then you were back for four months and then shipped off again for the Gulf War. Correct. You came back in March of 91. I know that at Christmas, Bob Hope went out there and did a Bob Hope Christmas special. And yes. I have that on VHS where you can see my dad's face. Hey. Bob Hope and Julian. Aaron Tippin. Ooh. I have one yeah. degree of separation between me and Bob Hope now. Yeah. yeah. Check that one off the bucket list. Yeah. <laughs> me, Dan. <laughs> yes, he is. Okay. okay so one that. degree and six feet. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and I know that you have a poem, which oh, will be Marie on Oh, Marie Osborne. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Not Donnie? Beaten. No, not, not Donnie. Huh. Marie, still pretty. She's wearing a white and black top. 
in a really short black mini skirt. <laughs> and I was on the front row. It was a phenomenal day. The Marines did not want Donnie. No. There was enough UD already. Yes. <laughs> D-U. D-U. Enough D-U. They Didn't needed... they give you soft Peter? Is that what it's called? No, no that's, that's basic that's training. Camp. Okay, got it. Yeah, you get so- Ashley's giving me a face. They give you soft Peter so you don't get erections. Yeah. You don't want a bunch of guys that you're trying to break down physically whacking it when they go to bed. Why not? <laughs> Relieve some of that stress. No, go they stress the you shower. out to the point where you break and then build you back up. Yeah. So- <laughs> Military is different than prison. <laughs> I also know that you wrote a poem which will be on our blog called Cigarettes in the Sky, which talked about a specific night that you were out there. So you tell us about your time in the Gulf War, Dad. Well, okay, so I'm getting back to, I've had to read a lot on this, and I've got a scrapbook that my wife put together during that time, because yes, out of all this, I can't remember that. So the last time on Christmas Eve, whenever I woke up without my memory, I'd lost about a year, about a year and a half, and also lost from before then any recollection of going to college. Um, most of my stint in Desert Storm, uh, and then some other random things that pop up every now and then that you don't I know just you're don't missing know. Yeah. until it comes up. So, but I did have a lot of lot of writings because I did like to write, and then also the journals from my wife. So, whenever we were sent over, of course, one of the things that they don't talk about a lot is the contaminated water that we got because the water buffaloes that had been stationed over there, those are the big tanks that they put the water in. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, thank you oh, for clarifying. I, th- yeah. I thought you were talking about actual yeah. animals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we went out and milked them. It was great. <laughs> they uh, fed the water buffalo uranium, animals. then they drank out of yep. the water they supply. They did not have the DU thing going on. <laughs> I so anyway, uh, the water buffalo is these big green tanks that had a lot of water in it, and uh, that's what we drank out of. And we drank them out of our canteen cup, which was great because you couldn't see the water. Uh, so then uh, we got then we got water bottles. You know, they sent us a bunch of water over there. It was good drinking water. And then so we would use that to fill our water bottles up from the water buffalo, and we started seeing stuff. Oh. And it was it was like nasty, nasty creek water stuff or, oh. or bad lake water. It was it was nasty. No. So uh yeah, that lasted for quite a while. And then the two things that for me we had one I was on guard duty during both of these times and it was it was horrible. because uh, I shouldn't have been on guard duty. I was <laughs> one of the senior NCOs over there. Uh <laughs> However, I was on guard duty, and it was uh, the first one was in at the end of January. We were now we listened to CNN all the time over there because they would give us heads up on where the where the scuds were going. Oh, I heard that CNN. This was the first time that like the whole war was pretty much broadcast because of CNN. Yeah, I mean everybody was listening to it. Everybody over here, everybody over there. And there were like video footage during all of this. Yeah, uh, you know, Geraldo Rivera and some of those others were implanted into the different units. Okay, sorry, didn't mean to distract. That's okay. Uh, what was I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, both of those times, both of these times, I was on guard duty. The first time, uh, we had just listened to CNN about some tanker trucks that carried fuel that had you know bombed places over there. They'd pull up and then boom. Well, the, whenever I was on guard duty the first night, uh, we had a we lived in an area away from the airport where they couldn't bring any of the fuel or anything over by the tents. Well, I'm on guard duty with another guy, and all of a sudden we see this big tanker truck coming down the road no. towards us, and we know it's full of jet fuel. So we go ahead and warn everybody, get out of the tents, get into the bunkers. And whenever the truck comes up, I go up, and he stops right there beside the tent. So we pull him out of the window of his truck. He was pretty scared. 
Yeah. Uh, which I can imagine because we were too. So we pulled him out, uh, had him on the ground at gunpoint. And, uh, oh yeah, one of the interesting things over there, they didn't give us bullets. What? Yeah. We oh. Di- we didn't have bullets. Oh my God. What? Yeah. So-, so he didn't know we didn't have bullets. Yeah. Uh, which was a good thing because I'd, I'd end up shooting him that night. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I kind of lost my mind over that and then was in the hospital for a couple of days and don't think I'm weak. It just sucked. Oh, uh, no, don't think you're weak, Dad. So uh, it turns out the guy had just taken a wrong turn. That's oh. a scary place to take yeah. a wrong turn. Yeah. Oh, no. So he had taken a wrong turn and he stopped to Trying ask to directions. go to the airport? Oh, no. Yeah, he stopped to ask directions and uh, he ended up getting ripped out of his 18 wheeler. Oh, <laughs> well, slammed no. Slammed down on the ground. Uh, so it was a bad day for him, bad yeah. day for us. And then the second time I was on guard duty is whenever the scuds came at us. And whenever we saw the, okay, so I shouldn't have been doing this. But <laughs> <laughs> Off the record. It was, it was like February 21st, 22nd. I think it was 22nd, 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm, I'm on guard duty. I've got my headphones on. I'm, I'm listening to some nice Ace of Bass because uh, I'm a man. Uh, I'm a I'm a man's man. Uh, so I'm smoking a cigar. Uh, that's because what Ace you do, Ace of Bass, and just kind of chilling. It was, on his it was great. Yeah, it was uh, actually yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, that I bought for my a uh, little uh, Saudi. Uh, flea market kind oh, of thing. Nice. Yeah, they were selling all these. Uh, I want to say they're not quite the real thing. Well, yeah, but uh, <laughs> the covers were hand painted, so it was probably not the same thing. But I'm gonna guess not. Yeah, but it worked. It worked. But anyways, doing everything I wasn't supposed to be doing on guard duty, and I just happened to look up and I saw these things floating through the sky, and it did. It looked like little cigarettes floating through the sky. So I went ahead and sounded the alarm for everybody getting to their bunkers. And uh, right after that, the Patriots went off, Patriot missiles went off, and it broke the missile up above us. But whenever it broke the missile up, the warhead hit right next to us. So whenever it dropped, uh, it probably would have passed over everybody except for the Patriots broke it in half and it landed right next to us. Oh, jeez. And, of course, the whole time we've got the scud alarms going off. We've got the chemical war- uh, warnings going off. You know, don and clear your gas mask, get in your mop suit, all that. Then they gave the all clear on it after the missile hit. Now, that happened all the time. They would constantly, the chemical alarms would go off, and we'd get in our all of our chemical suits and... Then they give the all clear right after that, which turned out a lot of the times to be not all clear. They just didn't have any way of measuring all that over there. So you're getting out of your hazmat suits to be exposed to all of this. Yeah. When well, did... and everybody's coming out to like check on everybody. And so everybody's out and in the open probably too. Well, yeah, you're out in the open there anyway because there's nothing there. You're well, I mean, like everybody's coming up out of the bunkers. Yeah. And... Oh, man. So when did they finally tell you guys like, hey, by the way, well, the, you were exposed to this? Yeah, the war was in ninety ninety one, and they told they came out and they didn't tell anybody, but uh, we found out in two thousand eight. Oh my gosh! That we'd have been exposed to a bunch of stuff over there. And that's what cigarettes in the sky is about. It's a great one. Uh, we'll have it on the blog. So yeah, that's a uh, terrifying. But on on that note, does anyone need emotional support chocolate? How about oh, I've been eating mine whole <laughs> How about emotional support drink break? Because I remembered to schedule one of those Huzzah! this time. Sweet. And does this coincide with your emotional support drink break? It does, actually, yes. <laughs> I skipped one line, but it was so what is Gulf War syndrome? We'll find out after this drink break. <laughs> Rebecca, could you make something up for us? Absolutely.
Lawson Harbor Horror is about a Coast Guard member who discovers an ancient artifact during a rescue on one of the many islands located deep in Boston Harbor. His subsequent research into that artifact leads him down a dark path that will test his sanity, his relationships, the very reality in which he resides. Boston Harbor Horror is an Asylum 94 production. You can find our show wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Boston HBR Horror and Asylum 94 PROD. Like us on Facebook at Boston Harbor Horror and Asylum 94. Follow us on Instagram at Boston Harbor Horror and Asylum 94. Welcome back. So now that we're done talking about Tiffany's conception, now that <laughs> it was fun, I wish we were joking. <laughs> So what is goal four syndrome? <laughs> Let's get into it. <laughs> anyway, um, so symptoms. That was the most uncomfortable, awkward laugh I think I've ever heard come out of your body. <laughs> that is not the most uncomfortable, all, weird thing that I've heard come out of her body. I promise you. To be laugh. Oh, okay. I specified laugh. laugh. Okay. <laughs> oh, so goal four syndrome. Let's talk about things about it. Yeah. Symptoms. <laughs> What are the symptoms of Gulf War illness? Well, it is known as a multi-symptom <clears throat> illness and no two cases are the same. So we're going to talk about some of the varied symptoms you could have. There is persistent pain in arms, legs, back, and shoulders, muscle and joint pain, numbness and tingling, skin conditions, rashes, body lesions, painful urination, constipation, diarrhea, indigestion, and general stomach issues, sexual problems, hearing problems. <laughs> sexual problems? Uh, yes. <laughs> well, everything from like ED to like... To like what, Tiffany? To like Viagra if so, like, your erection you... lasts well, over might... four hours, call your doctor. <laughs> so it's either so, on or it's off all the time. Got it. It's going to make a Pepto-Bismol joke for a second. You were like, nausea, heartburn, So out of all the things you've just Upset said. Upset diet. So. Erectile dysfunction. <laughs> So the first part of that that you covered was fibromyalgia, which the VA recognizes as a problem with Gulf War vets. The second part that you mentioned is IBS, and they recognize that as a problem. Okay. But together, they won't look at it together. No. Okay. Nope. So One case at a time. Let's pick back up at sexual problems, hearing problems, blurred vision, dizziness, a drug-like haze. Confusion, loss of words, memory loss, lack of attention span, headaches, sweating without exercise, severe or explosive mood swings, fitful sleep, fatigue, neurological issues, terminal tumors, behavioral issues, and all of this obviously has an impact to personal relationships on top of everything else. Nothing major, right? No. No, no big deal. N-B-D. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. We're not going to recognize your problem. So, Dad, if you're okay with this, do you want to look through your symptoms and tell us which ones you're comfortable sharing? Sure. I'm comfortable with all of them. So, let's see. And so, uh, real quick, before we get into this, yep. like he mentioned before, he lost his memory Christmas Eve, woke up thinking it was, you know, 
a year or a year and a half prior. But throughout all of this, he's been keeping logs. Mom's been keeping logs. And he's been emailing his symptoms to my mom and my grandma. And whenever more arise, he adds them to the list and emails them over. So this is what we're working off of. So I do that a lot, not just with my symptoms, but with other things. Mm -hmm. uh, Because I don't know when I'm going to wake up and not be there. <clears throat> Which is really good sometimes because you wake up and all of a sudden all the songs on the radio are new. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's good. Sorry and, that none of them are good ones. And, we need to and, get you a better playlist. And my, my wife has wound up with like three new diamond rings that she keeps saying I bought her <laughs> that I don't remember. <clears throat> okay, so this is a long list of symptoms. So we have seizures on the left side, mostly shoulders, hands, occasionally leg and foot. Because of that, I had to surrender my driver's license. Memory lapses, short-term, long-term. I could be, you know, it sounds silly, but you can go down the road, forget where you're going, or walk in mm-hmm. the other room, forget what you're going in there for. A lot of times I'll go, at, like, in some place, I went into Walmart, and not just forget what I'm there for, but forget who I'm there with. Oh. So then I'll end up calling my wife. I'm kind of freaking out. Hey, where are you at? I'm over here and say, sporting goods, where are you at? And she's like, well, I'm at work. Okay, <laughs> I can't drive, so how did I get here? Right. Yeah. Can I tell, this is humor, and this is how I deal with things. Um, <laughs> can I tell you what my uh, cat's tag says? What? And we might need to get you one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good with, I have, a, oh I my have God. a medical ID. It's amazing. And it lists a bunch of the stuff, not as much as I have now, but the first symptoms of it. And then the last line says, likes ice cream. <laughs> see my cat just says oh shit i'm lost yep, yeah that would be me yeah and with these <laughs> short- my wife she's crying like <laughs> yes. ugly crying yes. <laughs> so with these short-term memory losses like this morning after i found out i wanted to punch you um <laughs> so this morning i called him and i was like hey you excited for tonight and he's like yeah what's tonight like you're recording with us tonight cool about what and i tell him he's like oh i wish you would have told me sooner so i could research but i'll be ready and I got off the phone. I was like, oh, God, he's having a bad day. Should we do this? Would it? Turns out he was just effing with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I wasted tears in my office yes. over you, sir. <laughs> However, yesterday I called him and said, are you ready to record? And he legitimately didn't know what I was talking mm-hmm. about. So Likely story. <laughs> yeah, so. you deserve You're going to be like the curse. boy that cried wolf. Yes. <laughs> okay. So uh, forgetfulness is a different thing than the short-term memory loss. Forgetfulness is what I was just talking about. Forget where I am, who I'm with, where I'm supposed to be going, constantly leaving stuff. Like I will constantly leave my wallet somewhere, my phones. I've actually left my hearing aids at a restaurant and they threw them away. That was nice. Oh, lovely. Uh, Leaving my cane everywhere. Prostating migraines, uh, usually five to six times a month, lasting anywhere from two to four days. What is a prostating migraine? It's where your prostate is really... No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, I seriously thought... I was like, that sounds uncomfortable. (laughs) See, like, I was with you, too. And then Tiffany started talking about... I'm like, wait, she has a serious face on. This might be a real... No. Wait, it's not related to that. It's Tiffany. Tiffany is a prostating migraine. (laughs) Wait till his explanation, and then you'll realize you're not wrong. Yeah, prostating migraines are whenever you're completely out of it. You can't function you're laying in bed you're laying somewhere you got a cold rag over your face uh you can't eat because you're nauseous it's Mm -hmm. just it's horrible okay uh so you're down and out for anywhere from two to four days jesus i've had complete loss of eyesight uh before a migraine uh fatigue sensitivity to light and sounds hemiplasia which is the paralyzing of the body hemi is half the body plasia is paralyzing facial drooping slurred speech weakness on the left side balance issues i fall constantly and people say well why don't you carry your cane around well 
Here's a problem. If I'm carrying my cane in my right hand and I'm balancing it, then my left side goes out. What happens? I fall. Mm-hmm. fall to the left. Now, if I hold it on my left side and my left side goes out, what happens? You I fall. fall. Okay. So, lots of falling. Same. Uh, <laughs> very slow reaction times. So, another reason I can't drive is whenever I'm driving or Cheryl's driving, everything looks like it's going by at like 100 miles an hour. Oh. It's really cool. If you've ever done uh, some good drugs, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Not that you would know. Never. Uh, unable to find the words to complete sentences. So that's very frustrating. Vocally, I substitute words that don't make sense. Like uh, my wife said that I was eating pudding and my mother-in-law asked me what I was having. And I told her a pillow. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's... Way it's, to go laugh at me. Jesus, <laughs> Rebecca. Don't worry about it, Becca. I thought he was down with jokes. Oh, <laughs> I'm a serious That guy. one was very rude. <laughs> yes. Uncalled for. I thought that one was light as a feather. <laughs> there we are. That was like Dominic. I'm throw something on that. We've been watching my 600-pound life. Not uh, light as a feather? Ever? No. But I was watching these firemen try and get this woman up out of the bed. And it's big woman, like 700 pounds. And all I could think of, if they just played light as a feather, Stiff they could get board. her down. Yeah, they, they just could need to get a witch Lift in there. her up and walk her down the stairs right? with no problem. But these guys were straining. Okay. See, they need to up their witchcraft game. Exactly. exactly. So visual disturbances like blurred vision, the little spots in the eyes, little, you know, you're chasing little demons The little around. floaties. Yes. Uh, trouble reading and writing some days. So like this last Sunday, we were at church. See, I'm a churchgoer. Uh, <laughs> And they had the big screens up there with all the songs on it. I could not read. Everything was jumbled. Hmm. Uh, same thing with writing. I'll go to write stuff, and I'm looking at the paper, and nothing makes sense. It's a bunch of squiggly lines. To be fair, I've seen your handwriting. It looks like a bunch of squiggly lines. <laughs> but I can read those. <laughs> okay. uh, it's like doctor script. Is it like dyslexia, or is it just, no, just makes no, no like, sense? looks like hieroglyphics. Hieroglyphics, yeah. Words are my strong suit. Yes. Yeah. That's um, only particular to Ernie, the hieroglyphics. Right. <laughs> so it's not it's not like that. Uh, it is instead of seeing an A, you see a C, or uh, uh. instead of seeing an E, you see a Z. Oh. Uh, so it's really weird. The letters are all mixed up. So I see letters, but they don't make any sense. Okay. Weird. Okay. Hmm. Uh, let's see here. Erratic emotions. Yeah, this is the hard part for me because you, I do cry at the drop of a hat. Whenever I'm hurting, I'll laugh. And it's like, you know, one of those coping mechanisms, but it, it's not. It just happens. It's not like you're trying to make it a coping mechan- mechanism. You're really in pain. She's reaction. <laughs> She's trying not to lose it over yeah. there. <laughs> okay, muscle and joint pain. Depth perception is horrible. Like whenever I'm going downstairs, it looks like a long, crazy, never-ending tunnel. Oh, no, Hence thank the you. falling a lot, yes. too. Type 2 diabetes, uh, hypothyroidism, high cholesterol, high triglycerides, high blood pressure. This is one of those things whenever they're looking at it, they don't look at everything as a whole because a lot of these things are tied in with mm-hmm. Gulf War syndrome. It just messes up your, your system. Sleep apnea, insomnia, nightmares, blackouts, PTSD, depression, anxiety, white matter hyperintensities. Uh, that's where we're talking about the brain and we see the brain lesions mm-hmm. and the white matter hyperintensities is where your brain's going nuts. Uh, so like the what, little mist? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Well, what happens is your brain, you know, part of the brain says, okay, I'm going to talk to this point and mm-hmm. say, this is, this hurts or this. Well, after a little while you're with this, your brain starts really just dying off. So instead of having this connection over here where it says, okay, this fires to here, and then this picks it up, 
this part's not working. So whenever it starts firing, it just fires randomly. It just hits somewhere else. Yeah, it just keeps going until it hits something. Hits a hole it can go into. <laughs> uh, so there's that phallic humor we needed. <laughs> yes. So it goes. It it just uh, whenever I did a EEG, I did a three day EEG, and my neurologist is like, "Okay, this is useless. I can't use it. It's just too much interference." And then once we go over the symptoms and everything that's going on, he says, "Well, that makes perfect sense. Your brain is firing so much that it shuts down. So yeah, you get that kidney issues, precancerous polyps, ED." And then DU. Uh, yeah, DU and other other What dis- was the terminology you used? Sexual what did you use earlier, Tiffany? Sexual, sexual issues problems. problems. Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, several of those. So I mean there's a and that's you know, that's not even all of them. Now there's narcolepsy. Uh, it just progressively gets worse. Whenever we started this off, my first email to Cheryl had like four things on it. Jesus. So this just progressively gets worse. There's no cure for it and the VA still doesn't recognize it. That's insane. Yeah. That of all the places that wouldn't recognize it or at least take it serious. Well, so the Cong- or the Congress Congress mandated that the VA research these symptoms because so many Gulf War veterans were coming to them with these varied symptoms. And in 1998, these clusters did become known as the Gulf War illness or Gulf War syndrome. But it wasn't until 2008 that Gulf War illness was officially classified as an illness, which is... 17 years after the war ended. Well, that's also when they found out about the chemical warfare, right? So it's designated as an illness outside of the Veterans Administration. Inside the VA, they still don't recognize it. Yep. There is still a lot of debate about its official classification. And they just recently, they've done so many studies on this, the Veterans Administration, all kinds of hospitals, Johns Hopkins, uh, Boston U. Everybody has done these things, and it all points to the same thing. And the VA does it. Uh, they've done it, and it's like their third study. And Congress just came out and said, oh, by the way, you need to you need to study this again. So 29 years later, they're still studying it. So question, mm-hmm. what caused this when you have multiple wars going back? So I found some information on what they believe causes it. In addition to the many physical and psychological issues involving any war zone deployment, Gulf War veterans were exposed to a unique mix of hazards not previously experienced during wartime. These include pyridostigmine bromide pills, PB pills, given to protect troops from the effects of nerve gas, which, listening to one podcast, they said that they talked to a veteran and he said that they were given these nerve gas pills daily and they were told not to tell anybody they were taking them. Yeah, oh. you sign non-disclosure agreements. Reassuring. Yes. Yeah. So you're not allowed to talk about what you're getting. Depleted uranium ammunition, multiple stimul- uh, simult- simultaneous words are hard. Multiple <laughs> simultaneous vaccines, including anthrax and botulism um, vaccines, botulism toxin vaccines, which were pro vaccines. Just these ones were, were not good. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the disclaimer, uh-huh. there, T. The oil and smoke that spewed for months from hundreds of burning oil wells presented another exposure hazard not previously encountered in a war zone. Uh, Military personnel also had to cope with swarms of insects requiring the widespread use of pesticides. Yeah, they gave us pesticides to put on our skin to keep the bugs away. And not bug spray. It was good stuff. No, it was pesticides. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
Has that been researched? Because that could well, be a huge... Well, some studies say that that was a huge problem and a huge part of it. The, the problem is, is all the studies look at it and come up with something different. Right. Uh, so it's really hard to narrow down. And versus saying, okay, if you're showing all these symptoms, we're going to compensate you. They just don't do that. They say, okay, well, you got to prove that this happened, this happened, you were exposed to this, this, and this. Which is hard because the government didn't even announce what we were exposed right. to until mm-hmm. years later. And made you later. sign all the non-disclosure, so they probably have right. no record. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, our oh. military records are definitely not up to date. There's pages missing out of everything. And mm-hmm. and when you watch, if you watch the diagnosis episode, it's episode three, the wisdom of the crowd. They're going through his VA or his veterans records and there, there are pages that are just blank, yeah. like all in a row. And they don't have the purposefully left blanks sticker on there that right. they usually put on there. Yeah. Yeah, they're just blank. Also, there were high-powered microwaves used to disrupt Iraqi communications, and though it's unknown whether this might have contributed to the syndrome, research has suggested that safety limits for electromagnetic radiation are too lenient. So the stuff I looked into, which granted, I have not looked into this nearly as much as others have and as much as my dad has, but the big ones seem to be the PB pills and the pesticides that they think are leading towards most of this. But again, every study says something different. Well, they know that people were exposed to the sarin gas and oil fires. Uh, One of the things that they can't tell is how far that stuff traveled. So you get into the air and it can travel for, I mean, look, at whenever you see a volcano erupt, how far does that ash go in the air? Mm -hmm. So sarin gas, one of the reasons they don't think anything happened from the sarin gas, sarin gas, I mean, it, it dissipates pretty quickly. Okay. But if you're putting a large amount of that into the air, how fast can it dissipate? And it's got to go somewhere. Got to go somewhere. And of course, the nerve gas and all the other stuff that came out of that that big uh, complex. Going back to the PB pills, the PB pills were approved by the FDA, of course, for military consumption only, but they were never clinically tested. So it was just, okay, let's approve these so that we can use them. But they were never clinically tested to see what happened. Now, after they tested them, afterwards, they found out they caused all kind of neurological issues. And caused that white matter. Yes, they caused the brain to shrink and the brain to start dying off, which is why a lot, it's a very, very high percentage of the people from Desert Storm have ALS and have already died. Which something I have recently found out is you can get clearances if the FDA will give clearances if what you are creating and marketing can be used to save lives in military combats, but without as much testing. So like in that case, they were probably like, cool, this is needed now. We don't have time for testing. You have clearance to use it in the military only. Yeah, it gets expedited. But there have been lots of studies. Don't really know anything definite yet. There are no treatments right now because every case is different and they don't really know what they're working with. And there's no like marker to say, if you see A, B, and C, it's Gulf War syndrome. Right. But it's um, prevalent and needs to something needs to be done with it. Um, one thing I have in my notes. So the way I set it up is I had some things at the bottom to make sure I like talked on. When we were talking about your symptoms mm-hmm. from Gulf War, can you tell us about the transient? Transient ischemic attacks, TIAs. Yes. So from the point after Desert Storm in 91 until, well, just recently, I guess, in February of this last year, at least a few times a year, I would have these episodes and I would go to the hospital with what looked to be like stroke-like symptoms. And each time I went in there, some said it was a TIA. Others said, most of them said, there's nothing wrong with you. It's all in your head. 
Uh, and I don't blame the doctors for that because they can only go by what they see in front of them. Right. Mm -hmm. And at that point, a lot of the people that got out of the military before, like whenever I did, all the Desert Storm veterans have access to VA health care. Mm -hmm. So if you're listening, you're a Desert Storm veteran and you don't know you have full access to VA health care, which is great. But like the ones that came from the current wars in I, I, Afghanistan and Iraq, they only get five years. Really? And then they're done. Oh, uh, VA? So, yeah. So they get screwed. But the, the doctors can only look at what they see in front of them. So I don't fault any of those for mm. that. But had those up until, I guess, February, whenever it just kind of escalated and went bad. And when you said the doctors say it's all in your head, that's something that when I was looking through this, so many veterans who have this, which are roughly 700,000 veterans, U.S. veterans in the Gulf War, anywhere from 175,000 to currently some studies are suggesting it could be up to 350,000. So anywhere from a third to half of the veterans from Gulf War are affected by this. And most many remain unemployable. So right. what, what can you do? But yeah, a lot of them said that they were told it's all in your head. And then you wonder why veteran suicide rates are so high. Oh, absolutely. And why there are so many homeless veterans and things like that. Like, there's not enough support for them. But whenever we found out about Gulf War Syndrome, it is the RISC program, which is War-Related Illness and Injury Study Center within the VA, correct? It is. Okay. That's where you go once you think like, hey, this is Gulf War Syndrome. This yeah. is where I go and they can help me. Is that? No. Okay. They set up three of these study places. There's only three of them in the United States. And they're all like far away from here. Uh, one's in California, I think. One's in uh, Walter Reed up there. And then another one, some other far away place. But <laughs> not in Georgia. Not in Georgia. But you have to be referred there from your doctor. Oh. And they have to go through this long process because they can't send all the Gulf War vets there. So chances of getting into one of those three is near impossible. Plus, it's not a VA thing. So you can go there and get looked at. They can say, yes, you have all this going on. It makes sense. This is what's happening. You definitely have Gulf War Syndrome. And then the VA does nothing with it. Doesn't recognize it. Yeah, the VA doesn't recognize it. They say, okay, well, we'll send you to this program, but we're not going to look at a thing they say. So you just kind of, I guess you just had to go, is there a certain department you had to go to say, like, can we look into this within the VA? Well, you can bring it up to your primary care, but your primary care is typically going to say, yeah, I don't want to get involved in that. Okay. Are there any studies outside of the VA? A lot. I mean, there are tons. There's, you know, a couple of dozen of them outside the VA and all of them says about the same thing. Right. Now, the problem is they can't narrow it down to this caused it, this caused it, this caused it. It's a combination of things that caused it, but they can't narrow it down to what it so is. What exactly What it exposure, was. what pills, what insecticide mm -hmm. or the pesticides that you use. How well, much did you have of this? How much were you exposed to? Right. Well, and unfortunately, with as, as quickly as the symptoms come on and the rapid memory loss that comes yeah. along with it the people that are affected by it probably can't even remember everything that they were exposed to to really get well, we didn't we still don't know what all we were exposed well, to uh, that's one of the bigger things and then yeah we can't we we don't know and uh, all the studies say this could contribute this could contribute but until they have hard facts saying like agent orange right it took years for them to finally admit okay agent orange caused all this and that wasn't until recently until they started giving the veterans help they needed for that and that was you know a lot more than 29 years later yeah so they can't definitely say it's this this or this 
it's really, truly probably a combination of everything, as well as the, the sand over there is so full of metals. So, I mean, heavy, heavy metal sands. So you're in there over there during the, during the sandstorms, you know, you can't see anything. You're just walking around, you're breathing it regardless of what you've got over your face. So a combination of everything is what I believe and what most vets believe this is what causes this. I wonder if there's been any studies of any of the locals like in the, the area, civilians, the civilians that were exposed to these things too. Yeah, not that I know of. I mean, I'm on Facebook groups with, I probably got 20 different Facebook groups of Gulf War veterans with the issues going on. And I mean, all we know about is the studies that goes on over here. Right. I'm just curious if there's any, yeah, that's you a, know, that's a good connection. place to look because the civilians over there were exposed to all right. the same stuff, except for like the PB pills and things like but that. That's but that's why still. I'm curious because if it was an environmental factor or something that was put out into the air or whatever versus what was given to you guys directly from mm-hmm. military that might be a way to rule out yeah. something well the biggest thing is you know from our perspective they don't want to rule out anything yeah uh, they don't want to rule in anything that's right because if they said okay this is what caused it and then we're just going to say care. everybody over there was exposed to this and they have to take care of you they have to pay you compensation they have to research is, everyone that was over there right. that's still alive so that's what agent orange they just finally said okay if you were over in this area you got full compensation right now, since all of this happened, a little peek behind the curtain, we're recording this a little early, but it has been just shy of a year since everything happened. And like you said, you have these falling experiences, you have these um, experiences where you're paralyzed and you can't move and it's days of migraines and all. You just recently got approved for disability within the past, what, month or two, two months or so? I don't know. I think, I think it was early December. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> Sorry. I think it was early December, so. So that was what 10 months of not being able to do anything before they finally said okay we'll give you some disability right so it's it's frustrating some um, disability one cover. of the things i want to point out real quick is one of the things that is a problem for all the studies and for the va itself is these symptoms don't come on until late 40s early 50s so you know for people that were over there at 21 22 years old it's at that point where the brain gets to a certain point where you can actually see the symptoms of everything shutting down. So, you know, you don't see it. And, and I'm sure whenever the guys from uh, Afghanistan and uh, Iraq that are coming over now, the OIFs and OEFs, all of those guys, whenever they come back, you know, years later, we're probably going to see the same thing with right. them. We're just not seeing it right now because yeah. uh, it's so long of an exposure after the fact is what we're finding out. It makes it more difficult. Now, do you guys have any questions for my dad about what he's been going through? Which, real quick, I noticed another one of these symptoms that I wanted to bring up. You have disassociation where your body just like completely shuts down. There would be times where like he's riding in the car with my mom and she's talking to him and she notices he's not responding or paying attention. And he's just kind of like laying there limp and his body has disassociated or his brain is disassociated and like can't see, can't hear. You can like drop his arms and all. And it's just his brain. It's like taking on too much. And just has to stop for a minute. So we have two different things you're talking okay. about. One disassociation. So I'll be sitting there and people will be talking to me and I'm staring off into space. And regardless of what they do, they can hit hit me, which my mom likes doing. <laughs> uh, uh, so they can hit me. They can do whatever they want. I'm not going to come. I'm not going to snap out of there. It's like right. being in a trance. And that only lasts for about 30, 45 seconds. But it's, it's scary to them. Mm-hmm. For me, it doesn't bother me. 
Yeah. I was just about to ask uh, if you had any when you come back to you. I Do you have any idea? I pick up exactly where I left off. So it's like a So blip. if they're, we're talking in a sentence, sentences back and forth. If I'm mid-sentence, I come back and I pick up that other half of the sentence. Are you sure you're not just caught in some like time-space continuum situation <laughs> here? Say, uh, that sounds like something from Doctor Who. Right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like the a Philadelphia b- experiment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, God, uh, I love it so much. <laughs> a blip in the matrix yes. area. Yes. Rebecca, you had a question. Do you use the memory loss to your advantage sometimes? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so does his wife. Remember the three yeah, diamonds? The three, yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I can joke about it. It's mm-hmm. uh, The first few days after you come out of it, uh, uh, this last time, the first few days was really tough. The first few hours are extremely tough trying to adjust to, uh, for like us, we moved into a new house. So right. I, I wake up and don't realize what's going on. Uh, I don't even pay attention to it. I'm in a different bedroom, different bathroom. But I get up, get ready, brush my teeth, go downstairs, get some coffee, go in there and sit down in my recliner. And then I realize I don't have a recliner. So I'm in this recliner that I didn't know I had. Hmm. So then I start looking around the room and realize that's not my house. I look outside. There's this nice, big, green, beautiful porch. It's a, like a very intense neon green. I, don't, <laughs> I have no idea why the hell we picked awesome. this house. Awesome. Uh, so cool. Yeah. So anyway, I look out there and I see this green porch. And I uh, just realized that you literally have no idea why you picked that house. Yeah. And I'm trying not to laugh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I I know why I picked it now because downstairs there's a, this media room. It's got a 120 inch right. TV in there. It's got sold. Uh, <laughs> Whatever you want, babe. As exactly. long as I get that media room, I don't care. Uh-huh. Uh, and the notebook is going to be new every time I watch it. Yes. Uh, so I look out there and I see that. So I get up and I start walking outside and I see my college degree hang uh, the, the diploma hanging on the wall. I don't remember going to college. So that hit me hard. And then I walk outside. I'm looking around. I walk back to the back. I'm like, where is my pool? <laughs> I don't care about anything else. I want my pool. Uh, and it's not there. So, and then I realized at that moment too, somebody had screwed up and cut down so many trees in the backyard. They're just laying all over the yard. But, somebody? Yeah, it turned out it was me. <laughs> uh, so not only did I wake up to everything, I woke up to find out I had a lot of work to do. Right? Uh, so what Cheryl does and what she says she does now is she will take me into a different room. Like she took me to the basement because her parents were in town and I didn't know her parents were there. Oh, okay. Uh, I walked downstairs first thing I said, oh, when did y'all get in? I'm like, oh, last night. And uh, my wife kind of looks at me then. She thinks she knows something's wrong then. Right. Uh, so after I go outside, I'm kind of upset, come back in and she takes me down to the basement, which is really cool sounding. <laughs> <laughs> you remember my last episode. <laughs> Oh, that may not, but that may have been cut. We out. may have cut that. <laughs> uh, that's for a later show. Invite that's me back after hours. Patreon only yes. content. Uh, anyway, Rebecca remembers that. Oh my god, I see her smiling over there. Anyway, anyway, well, yep. <laughs> she's like, unfortunately. So my wife took me downstairs, and uh, she set me down, and she's going over, you know, what's happening. Where you at? Which is really different. And she shows me some pictures of stuff like baby girl, mm-hmm. uh, Tiff's little daughter, who is, okay, imagine her a year and a half ago. Okay, so she wasn't walking. She wasn't talking. She definitely wasn't calling me Papa. So I start seeing these pictures and I just lose it. Not, I'm a man. I don't lose it that much. Uh, <laughs> I got angry. Little, uh, yeah, I got <laughs> <laughs> uh, So uh, it takes a little while to adjust from that. 
And then you go upstairs and you're like, everybody's looking at me, even though they're making it a point not to. Yeah. You know, everybody knows. Everybody's looking at me. This sucks. Trying to figure out where I am. And like I video, we FaceTime a lot Mm -hmm. because Adeline wants to see her papa. So I called and mommy answered the phone. She goes, hey, we're having a really rough day. It's Christmas Eve. So we're calling to say, hey, happy Christmas Eve. She goes, dad's having a really rough day. He woke up thinking it's last year. Like, give me a minute. Hands the phone to my dad and I'm talking to him. And then I turn the phone over to Adeline and she's playing and she looks up and she goes, Papa, and comes running over and just like tears from everybody. Hmm. And like I mentioned before, when dad lost his memory and he kept crying and saying, she's so big. Like when he saw her this time, all I heard was she's so big because it'd been a year and a half and like she's a whole new person. And it's, it's tough. And like for Christmas, I got him this book that's... um. Okay, this part sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just saying I'm this sorry. part sucks so bad. I got him this book that's like my grandpa's story. And it's a book for the girls because I've got two nieces and Adeline. But my dad can write his life story in there and it has prompts like, tell me about high school. Tell me about this. What do you think when my parents told you the name they had picked for me and things like that for him to go through and write so that eventually one day when he fills out the book, it can be the girls and have for them. It was more like, okay, we know you're going to die soon. Oh my so God, no. <laughs> please fill this out so the kids have an idea no. of who you are. <laughs> who the hell you were? No, it's more like, preserving the memories while you still have them because you never know when you're going to wake up and not remember something. The bus is going to take me out tomorrow. And it's terrifying. And it's one of those things like you don't remember going to school. And right before you graduated, Matt proposed to me. So like he had this big family-oriented proposal and like, is that something you remember? No. I didn't think so. And like, it's one of those things where like, I'm afraid to ask about certain events because I don't know, but I don't want to be afraid to ask about things. And like, I want to make sure that everything's recorded now so that if you wake up one morning and don't remember, we can go back after you've adjusted, go back and look at these things. And or if I wake them. up dead. Oh my God, dad, no. <laughs> You're well, such then a this recording will just be for us. Right. <laughs> then we'll bring out the Ouija board. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. I'm all over that. No. Yes. No. Yes, D-I-C-D-U. <laughs> Yes, we're all sitting around here. I'm watching the girls cry. I'm not crying. No, not at all. I was like, why is it doing a figure eight over the DU? Is it that deep? No. <laughs> it depleted do, uranium. Do, 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 do. <laughs> so yeah, it's a uh, it's challenging. And my question for you is um kind of a weird one, and I don't know how yeah, right. easy it is going to be to answer. But like the whole reason I wanted to get you on was so that you could tell people like what it's like to ex- know that like you're going through memory loss. Cause a lot of the time when people are experiencing memory loss, it's one of those like slow progressions where they don't realize that they're losing their memories. But like you wake up and you're like, Oh, okay. It's been a year and a half. I, wh- how do I process this? Like, what's it like to actually go through this? Well, one of the things that the psychologist, which my wife makes me go. Uh, <laughs> so the psychologist said whenever I come out of that, she should be in my time, mm-hmm. not in her time. Yeah. Uh, so treat me as if it's that day. And then slowly work me back into where we're at now. But it's 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 very hard, you know, trying to, trying to adjust everything because you see everything different. I see yours and Matt re- Matt's relationship completely different. You know, even mine and your mom's. So there's a lot of things going on in there that uh, affect our relationship. But, I mean, I couldn't ask for a more solid partner. Yeah. And that's not, I mean, once my wife finds out, she's going to be. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, 
but it's it's really hard. It's it, it's a hard adjustment. It's hard going back and looking through all the notes, going back and looking through the pictures. I go back and look at all my text messages. Yeah. For for like forever. For, I just sit on one person. I just read back and back and back until I see kind of what's going on. I mean, I've got great relationships with people. For instance, at church. There were some big changes that went on at church. We had a huge uh, splitting of the church because we have in our in our mission statement, we said all are mm-hmm. welcome. Well, apparently some of the people didn't think all were welcome. So once we started getting members of the LGBT community in there, they decided they didn't want a part of that. Well, a lot of those were really close friends of mine. And they have their view, and I have my view, and I'm not upset with anybody. It's just whenever I woke up, I realized they were gone. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. So that's tough. And then the friends that I've made at church. Yes. I go up to them and they're they're talking to me. They say hi and all that. And I'm like, hey, how you doing? I'm Ernie. And uh, I did that with our music director and our music director. Uh, I went up. Uh, she was new. I didn't mm-hmm. know who she was. And I went up and introduced myself. I said, hey, I'm Ernie. Cheryl told me you took over for Alan. And she's like, yeah, I did. <laughs> Why are you doing yeah, this? Yeah, she goes, uh yeah. And I was like, okay, my wife hasn't explained to you what's going on. <laughs> no, let me give so you a So I kind of told her what was happening. She goes, oh, hey, I'm, I'm- Maya. <laughs> uh, and yes, I took over for Alan and we're doing this, that, and the other. And it's good to see you and good to know you. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So she handled that really well. Some people look at me like I have three heads, you know, like what in the hell are you talking about? Yeah. So it's it's a little different. So trying to trying to and then the different groups like VFW, American Legion, Marine Corps League. I go to those meetings and people are talking to me. I'm like, I don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. But apparently, I've had lunch with them, had dinner with them, done all this. Uh, we become good friends. Now that's all wiped away. Yeah, mm. that's tough. And one thing Mom told me is the first time you lost your memory, we were just like, okay, here's what happened, and just like boom, threw it all on you. And that was a lot. And she said this time, whenever she told me what happened, I immediately sent you some of my favorite pictures over the past year yeah, and a half. Yeah, that sucked. Yeah. She told me later, she was Don't like... Don't ever do that. <laughs> she goes, what we have decided to do is like, we recognize that he's lost his memory. Let him ask the questions. And we're just here for him along the ride. And whenever he's ready for some of the stuff, he'll ask and we'll tell him about it. A lot of the things that come up even now uh, since then, Something will happen. Say I become paralyzed on, on my left side. And I'll ask Charlotte, say, okay, how often does this happen? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm like somebody looking from the outside looking in. Okay. Even like my doctor. Okay. How long do, How long has this been going on? How long? How often does it happen? How yeah. long does it last? So those are all my questions now to her. Every time something comes up, I'm like, oh, pff, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, is new. Don't like it. <laughs> okay. uh, Can we return this? Yeah. So it's it's weird stuff. Well, I I really appreciate you uh, telling us all about it because it's um it's weird and it's weird to experience it as your daughter. I can't even imagine what you're going through. So it's yeah. Don't worry, I'll forget about it. Oh, that was one thing I wanted to say. So there's a gentleman that my dad worked closely with who has had some medical issues and just recently he's lost a couple days here and there. And he asked my dad about it. He was like, how do you deal with this? Like, it sucks. And it's really tough to not know what happened yesterday and to know that that whole day is gone. My dad's like, you get mad, you get angry, you cry, you're hurt. You just experience it and it sucks. 
and then you forget about it. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Mark was like, I needed that to make it through. Like that made me so happy. And one of the things that caught me off guard this most recent time is we were talking and I told you about that experience and it was like, you know, you using humor as a coping mechanism has always been your way. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I wish I could right now, but I just... I don't have it in me. It's just too tough. It's, it's hot, tough. The depression, the depression is real. Mm-hmm. Um, I can understand the suicide rates because, you know, there have over the past little while, has there been, even talking with my psychologist, there have been times in the past that I've said, okay, I'm tired of this. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of putting Cheryl through this. I'm tired of putting my kids through this. And even since December, you know, there are times you wake up and you're like, okay, I take 30 pills a day. And I look at that going, this just sucks. So why am I putting myself through this? Why am I putting Cheryl and the kids through this? And uh, Cheryl reminds me, she goes, you you may not be able to remember all the time and uh, everything that happens, but your granddaughters do. Mm-hmm. And your son does. And we don't worry about the older two. <laughs> <laughs> They've had their memories. It's over. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the little ones, the little ones remember everything that's going on. So, yep. uh, and they absolutely love me to death. So that helps. But even on some days it's like, you know what? It's not worth the fight. And that, yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Then mom told me, um, that after you lost your memory the first time you took it pretty rough and then you lay down to try and sleep some of it off and she took the gun and changed or took the keys to the safe and no, she took the gun safe oh she took the gun safe yeah she took the gun safe yeah uh, and i just she- picture cheryl with like a 12 <laughs> rifle like just hoisting it up like nah yeah, <laughs> not she, today not in my yeah, uh she took the gun safe now i have the safe back mm-hmm but, but you can't access it. She won't it. give me the keys. Fair. And apparently she's changed the fingerprint on there <laughs> because I'm sitting there. I'm like constantly trying to touch it. She didn't it change and, it. She just burned herself. Yeah, she, she, she sliced my finger up. Yeah, so it's, it's like a men in black thing. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, it is. What's well, one of those funny things? Because I told her, uh, I said, you know what? I said, here's here's the thing you can do. I said, I'm going to mess with you one time whenever this happens. And I come to you she, and she comes up and she starts talking to me. I'm going to say, who are you? Oh, my oh, God. No. Oh, you're such a butt. You're such a butt. <laughs> I said, but the good news is you can do it too. You, whenever I wake up one day, you can say, "Oh my God, what are you doing in my house?" <laughs> Last night was phenomenal. <laughs> you got to go before my husband like, gets here. Oh my God! Okay. <laughs> I hope I enjoyed it. <laughs> right? That was my once a year. <laughs> Sorry, hon- hall pass. Sorry, honey. We did that last week. You just don't exactly. remember. Exactly. <laughs> we're out. <laughs> oh, man. Well, do you ladies have any other questions for him? I don't think so. Mm-mm. Okay. Well, Dad, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on. This has been fun. This I think has we been- can do it again. You Absolutely. Know, I think we can. I, next time I wake up and I don't Feels remember, like say, Dad, <laughs> you want to come on the show and talk about this? Hey, Dad, I started, started this really cool thing. It's yeah. called a podcast. <laughs> we have internet now. Yes. Oh, that is one thing I wanted to mention. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> There's more. I remember we have internet. <laughs> I've used some sites. Oh, my God. <laughs> When you come to bookmarks, oh my are God, a beautiful thing. Let me see my search history real quick before you tell me anything else. <laughs> um, no, one thing that is, I think, is kind of cool. When my dad first lost his memory, he lost October of 2018 through April of 2019. 
this most recent time, you remember some of that October to December time frame, like bits right. and pieces, right? So, and there are times where you can ask him like, hey, where'd you put this? And he's like, oh, it's over there in that bag. Doesn't remember how he knows that. He just does. So like all that information is there. It's just like you can't access it. So I think that's pretty cool and like kind of hopeful that like it's there, but it's just trying to access it. It's so, difficult. So what I found is the beginning of the memory loss. So sometime between say August and December, mm-hmm. this last time, I can remember bits and pieces mm-hmm. from between August and December. And then at the end of it, so like whenever December 24th, I can remember a couple of things in between December 24th and December 1st. Just little bitty random things. Yeah. So there's like a blurry time at the beginning of it and a blurry time at the end where I don't quite forget everything. Yeah. At the end of it, I don't quite forget everything. But it ta- I don't like remember it and pop it out of my head. It's whenever somebody asks a question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't even think about it. I just answer. And all of a sudden it's like, how did I, how did I remember that? Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's tricky sometimes. That's right. All my girlfriends have been named Cheryl. Oh my God. You Uh, think he's joking though? (laughs) (laughs) Nope. All of his girlfriends have been named Cheryl. My mom's name is Cheryl. His mother's name is Cheryl. Yeah. We're not going to dive too deep into the psychology there's, on that there's one. There's some mommy issues going that on That is there. a whole other episode. <laughs> Tune in for his next adventure. <laughs> but yes, thank you, Dad. Uh-huh. I love you, and I appreciate you being on here. And we can't wait to have you on next time. You're like my almost favorite daughter. Almost. That's one thing he'll never forget. Ever. Ashley's the favorite daughter. Mm, I yes. Know. Anyway, so on that yeah, note. Well. <laughs> on our Baymax outro there. Remember, friends, everyone has something that they find odd. Let us tell you about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If you have any questionable topics you'd like us to discuss, you can... Basements. (laughs) Nope. You cannot. Do not share that with us on any of our social medias. Links cannot be found on our website, theladiesestrange.com, and we do not have an email address. That is not theladiesestrange at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you're think, if you're thinking, if you think we're doing a great job and want to support the show, you can and get the uh, Ernie After Hours special, yes. right? <laughs> you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com/slash The Ladies of Strange eight six seven five three zero nine. Keep it strange, <laughs> lovely. Bye. Bye. Bye.